You're welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Chinedu Nwosu of The Bridge, A Simple Church. Stay back and be blessed. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 3. I'll just make it just a short thing I want to say before we go to the communion table. Can you make that timer 20 minutes so I don't get carried away? Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 24 and to 27. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 24 to 27. By the way, this is your first time. We're going to receive you at the end of the service. I'm so glad you could make it to church. And I hope that this will not be your first and only time, but this will be your first amongst many other times that you'll be here in fellowship with us. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 24 to 27. You may sit while I read to your hearing. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 24 to 27. And when they came to the camp of Israel, and the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites so that they fled before them. But they went forward smiting the Moabites even in their country and they beat down the cities on every and every good piece of land cast every man his stone and filled it and they stopped all the wells of water and felled all the good trees only in Kirharaseth left they the stones thereof howbeit the slingers went about it and they smote it and when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him he took with him 700 men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Edom but they could not then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead and offered him for a burnt offering on the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel. And they departed from him and returned to their own land. In simple terms, there was a battle. There were the Israelites camped up with the men of Judah. And they went to meet their brothers, the people of Edom. And they came together to fight the king of Moab, one of the enemies. And it's a very long story. If you read from 2 Kings chapter 3, you get the rest of the story. And, they were, and before they did that, they went and they got a word from the Lord. And the Lord said, go, you will get success. And true to the word of the man of God, as they went out to battle, they were seeing successes. They were destroying the Moabites. They pursued them to their own country. They were tearing down their altars. They were felling their trees. They were filling up their wells. They were destroying them. They were just getting victory right, right, left, and center. They were just things were just happening according to the word of the Lord. But somewhere in the middle of the battle, the king of Moab said, I won't take this. I'm not going to lose today. And he thought to himself, Let me take 700 men, strong warriors, and go and fight them. Let me energize them. And he did that. And he went to try to fight them, but they were still losing. Then he said, No, 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 it's not ending today. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the unthinkable. I'm going to do something they did not even fathom. Because I must win this war. And the Bible says he took his first son. 
the first son who should have reigned in his stead, the one, the heir apparent, he took him and he sacrificed him upon the wall and burnt him upon the wall. And the moment he did it, something happened that the Israelites could not understand. But there was great wrath against them. There was great offense against them. And they just put their head down in shame and they went back home and they lost the battle. Because one man, one king gave a sacrifice that was beyond was the unthinkable at that time and as he did that heaven, something happened heaven turned around and heaven obeyed his sacrifice more than the one that the Israelites had done because heaven answers to the highest bidder look at somebody say heaven answers to the highest bidder heaven answers responds to the highest sacrifice it will even interest you to know that this Moabite king did not sacrifice to Jehovah the sacrifice he made was to Chemos Shemosh, whatever they call him the god of the Moabites to a pagan god but he made that sacrifice and Jehovah, for some strange reason, had to respond to it. Had to remove his hand from the hand of the Israelites that were winning the battle. It is strange to me. It is absolutely strange. What on earth happened that the children of God were winning battles and the children of the devil did something and turn the situation around. What exactly happened there? This is one of the greatest puzzles of the Old Testament. That there is a lot of argument over. What exactly happened? So I'm going to pause there for now. And I want to use that to share just three things. In the next 20 minutes. That I want you to take out of that story. Three things that are principles that define whatever thing, sacrifice that you give. Principles. But before I even start, let me quickly say, you guys have set me up now because the Lord is faithful. Let me quickly say that when you read the Bible, there are, especially the Old Testament, you need to be very careful because there are things called principles and there are things called practices. Somebody say principles. Pra the sermon has started. Principles and practices. Say it again. Say principles and practices. Principles are different from practices. What is a principle? A principle is the way things happen. Is the undergirding system or operational system for things to happen. It is why things happen. It is the belief behind the thing. While a practice is the doing of that thing. So for every practice you see, there are principles guiding it. And principles are very important. So that whenever you study the Old Testament, always remember that you must ask yourself, not even the Old Testament, the entire Bible as a matter of fact, what is the principle behind this thing? 
And for you to understand that text, then you must fully understand what principles are and what practices are. Principles are different from practices. Principles are eternal. It means they don't change. Principles don't change. Whereas practices might change from one season to the other. The way things are done might change. But principles remain the same. Principles are usually universal. So that wherever you are, that principle still works. And there are several principles. The principle of hard work, for example. No matter where you are, if you're working hard. Well, <laughs> I just remembered somewhere that principles. <laughs> but it will change next year in Jesus' name. We'll get to that place where hard work. <laughs> Amen. Those who know, know. If you don't know, stay in your ignorance. It's better for you. All right. Principles are universal. Principles are constant. Principles don't just change. They, are, they remain. They are cast in stone. But the practices might change. So to fully understand this, you must then understand the principle of sacrifice. Not the practice of sacrifice, but the principle of sacrifice. And I want to share three principles that the king of Moab understood that made that thing turn around for him. Are you with me this Sunday morning? And I'm going to tie that to the principle of the communion table and then we'll take our communion and we'll go home. Is that okay? Are you with me this Sunday morning? Look at somebody say principles, practices. Say follow the principles, not the practice. Tell him the practice might change, but the principle remain the same. Tell him the doing might change, but the understanding behind it will still remain the same. Look at somebody say principles and practices. If you forget anything in church today, two things you should go home with. God is making a way for you and principles. Look at somebody say, don't forget these two things. Say, God is making a way for you and is turning it all around. Don't also forget that follow the principles, not the practices. Okay? So there are three principles that the man, the king of Edom understood and he applied. That was why he won the battle. Number one, the principle of the who is offering the sacrifice. The principle of the who is offering the sacrifice. When he noticed that the battle was lost, he, the king, decided that he himself will offer a sacrifice. If his generals had offered the sacrifice, nothing would have happened. He has to be the supreme being in that house. He has to be the supreme being in that family. He has to be the most senior, the one with the highest authority that has to offer the sacrifice. If the younger ones offer it, nothing will happen. It will shift for the benefit of all. So the king himself understood the principle of who is offering the sacrifice. He realized that I have to offer that sacrifice. So he went himself and he decided that I, who, is offering the sacrifice. So that's the principle of who. Who is offering that sacrifice in your home? Some things don't happen in homes because the husbands have abandoned their responsibility to the wives and they are not making the required sacrifice and the woman is laboring up and down. But nothing is happening because the man has left his position as husband, as father, as the being, as the, the head of that home. The head of a company. If anybody is going to make the sacrifice, it should be the head, not the ones who are under. That's something we don't understand here in this part of the country. So things are going wrong. You fire the ones who are younger. You don't think of the one who is on top. But in other climes, they follow that principle. It's not working well. The head resigns. He makes the sacrifice and he resigns. So they're not happy with the way the UK is dealing with the economy. And the first person that should go is the head. He resigns. The PM. But in Nigeria, the head will remain. And you keep dancing around. The head must make that sacrifice. Am I talking to somebody? He must, so the company is doing well now outside the country. The person who resigns, they go for the head of the head. The, they go for the head, literal head of the head of the organization. 
they understand that everything starts from the head and flows to the bottom. So the principle of the who, the head. So the king of Moab went out to make the sacrifice himself. Number one. Number two, the principle of the what. What is sacrificed? What are you sacrificing? It's not just good enough that who, but the what is important as well. What are you sacrificing? This man looked around and he realized that the most important thing for him to sacrifice was his son. Not just his son, but the son that should have reigned in his stead. He, if he sacrificed the second son, nothing would have happened. If he sacrificed the third son, nothing would have happened. If he sacrificed his wife, nothing would have happened. But he sacrificed his first son. The quality of his sacrifice was important because it depended on him. So he went for the what? What, how, what is the, the cost? That was the cost of his, the future of his kingdom. He was the one being raised. That boy that was sacrificed was the one being raised. It cost the man a lot. The sacrifice was expensive. That's the word. It was an expensive sacrifice. It was a costly sacrifice. We see that principle all throughout the Bible. God was trying to see how, if Abraham really loved him. And he said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, the one that you love, so that in case there's no confusion, I used to say Ishmael, I said Isaac, take him and go and sacrifice him to me. Make, that is to show the what, the quality of that sacrifice. Am I talking to somebody? Hallelujah. The cost. David was going to build God an, a temple to offer, offer, give offering in Samuel chapter 24. And then he went to Arua, the man who had a, who, a wealthy man, and said, Arua said, I, wanted to, I want to borrow, I want to offer sacrifice in your land. And uh, Arua said, yes, you can, since you want to offer sacrifice so that this plague will stop. And then he said, I will give you land, I will give you things, I will give you everything. David said, no. God cannot respond. That sacrifice is not high enough. For God to respond to this, to stopping of the plague. He said, I have to pay for it. He said, I can't give God that cost me absolutely nothing. How costly is your sacrifice? The what is as important as the who. Am I talking to somebody? The what of your sacrifice. Some of, oh, I wish I could apply this. In the, for this Some of us don't understand what it means to sacrifice. Your sacrifice is not that thing that you don't care about. Your sacrifice will only open the heavens if it is paining you. Some of us don't know how to give. Oh. Well, let's, I'll go to that later. Then the third thing about the sacrifice is not just the who of the sacrifice. It's not just the what of the sacrifice. You know the third thing? The where of the sacrifice. This man took his first son that should have reigned in his stead and he took him to the wall. And he there killed, sacrificed him and burnt him on the wall so that everybody could see it. Look, public sacrifices produce more results than private sacrifice. What did I say? Public sacrifice produces more results than private sacrifice. Oh, God could have afforded to kill Jesus in the middle of nowhere where they will see him. And he could have said that Jesus sacrificed his life in somewhere where nobody even knew. No. That would have been costly. Oh, I'm, running, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me leave that first. <laughs> so this man could have gone to his house, slaughtered his son. And offered him to Shemosh. Nothing would have happened because nobody saw it. In fact, the reason why the children of Israel were full of indignation was that they beheld it. They saw the sacrifice. They saw the pain on his face. They saw his son crying. They saw everything happening. And they couldn't believe that somebody can do something like this. So they were like, ah, this is too much for us. We are going back home. Your sacrifice is only, is going to be more effective even if it is public. There's private sacrifice, but the ones that produce more results are public sacrifice. 
let me just quickly connect it to Jesus. The Father. When it was time to offer sacrifice to your, for your deliverance and your victory, the Father looked at the heavens. First of all, it was the Father himself that offered the sacrifice. Do you know Jesus did not kill himself? Do you know Jesus did not send himself? Do you know he did not climb on the cross by himself? His Father sent him to the cross to die on the cross. So Jesus went to the cross because his Father sent him. So, so God offered the most, so first of all, the Father offered the sacrifice. The Bible says in Roman, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He so loved the world that he gave. He released his son for his son to go and die. So Jesus didn't just say, I'm going to die. But he released his son for God so loved the world. Number two, Jesus, God also obeyed that principle. He didn't just offer any son. He offered his only begotten son. Once again, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. That was the most precious thing the father had. The father gave the precious thing for the, for, for the deliverance and for the salvation of the world. So he followed that principle. Then number three, Jesus didn't die in the bush. He did not die of us. They did not assassinate him. They did not give him poison to eat quietly. It was a public display of his death. His death had to be public upon Golgotha, upon the mountain, the top of the mountain, and his cross had to be in the center and had to be higher than every other cross because everything that happened there was about him. So the death was a public display so that by so doing, the most supreme being gave the most expensive thing to him and made it so public. Therefore, the sacrifice the father gave for your victory is the highest sacrifice ever. Don't forget I said principles, not practices. While in the Old Testament that could have happened, that cannot happen in the New Testament. Why? Because Christ has died once and for all and his sacrifice is still speaking for you and for me. Consistently, that practice cannot, no other, what I mean is nobody can carry a cow and place the cow in the ground and that cow will begin to speak louder than the blood of Jesus is speaking for you. Because that, that sacrifice is the highest that could ever be offered. And the Bible says, this man Jesus, he, he was crucified. I mean, he was, yeah, he was crucified once and for all. He offered an eternal sacrifice that is speaking consistently. So as a matter of practice, we don't need to offer bulls and goats, offer our children, offer our daughters, offer any of those things. And no matter what any unbeliever does, he cannot exceed and speak greater than the sacrifice of Christ for you. Am I talking to you this Sunday morning? Don't let them deceive you that they did that and they did this. Then all of a sudden, it can be greater than the sacrifice that Christ has proposed for you. No, it's impossible because he has offered it once and for all. But that is a practice. The principle still follows us to the New Testament. Remember what I said. Principles are eternal. Practices differ. So why we don't do the practice anymore of offering goats, bulls, dogs, all of those things, cows? The principle of the costly sacrifice is still at work today. So if you're going to give God anything, if you want it to open the heavens for you, it must cost you something. The more it costs you, the more the heavens respond to you. That's a principle. Am I talking to somebody? So, what did it cost for you to come to church today? Compare it with what it cost for you to come to midweek service on Wednesday. Which one is more costly? Which one is more costly? I'm asking us. It's midweek. Any unbeliever, 
can wake up on Sunday morning and go to church. The people who go to church during the week, those ones are sacrificing a lot to get there. So that sacrifice is greater than this sacrifice. As much as this one is good, but that one is greater than this. Am I talking to somebody? When you wake up in the morning instead of sleeping, or you wake up at night to pray, it's sacrifice. When you pray in the afternoon, in the middle of your work, it's sacrifice. But which one is more costly? Night. Than morning. So which one opens the heavens more? By that principle. Hello? Jesus was watching the offering. Okay, it's time. Jesus was watching them coming to drop offering in the offering basket. And as they were dropping the offering in the basket, he saw a woman come with two small coins. What do you call it again? Pens. Eh? Pens, eh? Uh, widow's, uh, widow's mites, mites. And she dropped it. And then she saw some big men. They were drawing drums for them and they came with their maybe box of cash. And they dropped it. Jesus, the moment that happened, he called one of the disciples. He said, come, 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 let me teach you something about sacrifice. This one that this young, this widow gave is more important than the one that that one gave. If the widow asks for something and I can only give it to either the widow or the rich man, I will give it to the widow. Why? Because that one cost more because she gave of her all. She didn't know where she's going to eat tomorrow. She gave it all. But that one still had something. Because it's the principle of how costly it is to you. Let me push it a bit further. We come to church. For this church to be the way it is, some people were here all night. They came in. They left their beds. They risked their lives to come here to set it up. As you are seeing, it's so beautiful. It didn't happen by itself. <laughs> Somebody did it. And some people came to church on Sunday morning. Let me ask you, which one is more costly? To come here at night, set it up, go home, have your bath, come back, or to come in the morning, looking so fine, so fine. You should come to church, oh, to start with. But which one is more costly? Hello? Answer! <laughs> Somebody is coming to church, and as he's coming, he's inviting everyone around him. And he's driving to one, from one house to the other. He's picking that one, picking that one, making sure they come to church. And one person comes at 10.45. Two of them came to church. God will bless two of them. But if God was going to give one, if God had only one car in his garage, thank God he has a lot more. Some of us are enjoying because God has too much. But if God only had one, and he was going to bless the two of them, who do you think he would give it to? I can't hear you preach with me. Because it's costing the person more. So these principles still follow us to today. Whereas the practices might differ. But the principles still there. And it's not just in church. Even in life. The one who works hard should, has put in a lot more. It has cost the person a lot. So ideally, he should gain more. Let me even come to the one of the offering. Let me give you a simple example. You have two notes in your pocket. 500 naira mint. 500 naira squashed. Hmm? And then the offering comes. And you are, you are, you've decided that day that your offering will be 500 naira. Which of the two do you think shows respect and cost, will cost you more to give? 
the squeezed one or the rough one? Let me hear you. It's the mint one because all of us like mint money now. We don't like dirty money. But it will, it, will, it will shock you to know. Once in a while when I pass through the, the accountant as they are checking the offering, the money the people give, eh? <laughs> this money, I don't even know why I'm giving it to the Hey, God. You throw it in there. Money that they cannot put in their pockets. You are giving it to God. It's the same principle God said, if you're going to give me an offering, don't give me one that they, one one-eyed cow or one that is the limb is cannot walk well. Look for the fattest one and offer it to me. That one costs you more. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So the principle of heaven opening to the highest bidder still applies today. While we might not be offering rams and rats and cattle and all those things, that principle still goes through in our various lives. So let me ask you a question. How costly is your sacrifice? Let me ask you a question. Do you really expect heaven to open because you are offering praise? Oh, let me, oh, let me go this one. This, this one. They just bought, you just got a brand new job and they increase your salary and you come to God and you're dancing. Hey! That's, that's offering, right? Offering of praise. But they just sacked you. Then the landlord is knocking on your door. You can't eat. You don't even know where food is coming from. But it's time to come to church. And you come to church and you are dancing, screaming, shouting. Which one is a sacrifice there? Which one is costly? It's costlier. Which one is higher? The latter. If God were to respond to somebody, who do you think you would respond to? If heaven were to respond, who would you respond to? It's the one that is out of the pain. That's why I don't understand some people. You have a, a pain in your toe, then you don't come to church. Hello? That's the very reason why you should come to church. Pastor, I just lost my job. I'm crying. And so you're at home. So in the home now, with the job, will you get the job in home, at home? Can I talk to you? Will it go, is it going to happen at home? That's why you come to church. He just broke my heart. She just broke my heart. I was in such a bad space. That is why they go to church. To give God the sacrifice of praise. That cost you everything. You see these things some of these guys do? Oh my God. You need to know what they are going through. <laughs> you think everything is okay? You think all is rosy and dandy? It's not true. But it's called a sacrifice of praise. There are many times I'm going through something and the last thing I want to do is speak a sermon that's not preparing for service. That's the last thing on my mind. The very last thing. All I want to do is just go to my room, lock the door, cover myself with a duvet and just start sleeping or start crying itself. but it's a sacrifice so I still iron my shirt sit down behind the table father I need a word for somebody you. so you have to do something today you know I don't feel like it I don't want to I'd rather just go and watch Chelsea play Arsenal and do that, but it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. Give me a word. This thing I'm doing is a sacrifice. I'm not happy with you, Father. You told me to go and do this. You didn't do it all. I'm doing my part. You have not done your own part all. But it's a sacrifice. Folding it. You said this thing will happen. I didn't see it all. 
but it's a sacrifice. It's still not time. I've been on this matter for how long? But it's a sacrifice. God knows it's a sacrifice. If I'm to wait for everything to be perfect, probably will not have church. It will happen maybe like once in two months. <laughs> I might only preach once in two months. Then I will send all the other pastors that, is, that, that are living perfect lives to go and preach for you. I wait for my own to be perfect. No. So it's costly. I hope I'm talking to somebody today. The reason why I'm talking to you today like this is because this thing that we are going to partake of, that we are, remind, we are rejoicing, is communion service. Everybody is ready to receive fire from God today. Did not come cheap. It cost God everything. It cost God everything. And by that principle, it guaranteed your victory. So God expects that you too will give him something that costs you everything. And it's not about your money. Your money is part of it. But it's also your life. It's also your, your, your time. Also your skill. Also the thing that you hold on there to. What is the most important thing to you now? If you can't lay it down for God, then you are despising what God laid down for you. Let me say it again. If you can't lay down the most important thing for you now to God, then you are making light of the body and the blood of Jesus because it costs God everything. It costs the, he- the, yeah, the Godhead everything. That's why when it's time for you to come to church, that's when you wear your best clothes. That's when you dress properly. You look organized. Because you are trying to show God that I appreciate what you did for me. And I can't come and give you lily washy, wishy-washy praise and wishy-washy service. It's not good enough. If you're going to do anything for God, you must I want to give you the best because I know what you have done for me. The highest sacrifice. The highest sacrifice. The highest sacrifice. A few years ago, I've said this testimony, but I'll say it again to bless somebody. It was a communion service like this. We were taking communion service, and I was there. The other pastors were standing. I think, let me invite the pastors. Pastors, please come up. I should start using you guys now to cover. Come, come and stand with me. I should take the communion today, honey. Just stay around me. We're, we're offering, giving the sac- offering, the sacrifice. And as we're preparing for the communion. And as we're doing that, I was standing there. Pastor was here. As I was standing there, they were singing, uh, Lord, I give you my all. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, have your way in me. I give you everything. I give you all of me. Those who know me know I don't know how to remember lyrics when I'm singing, so forgive me. I give you all of me. So I was singing, I give you all. I was saying it in my heart, muttering in my spirit. Then the Lord said, really? You give me, you give me all of you? You give me the most important thing? I said, yes, in my spirit. He was speaking to me. I said, yes. I'm standing there. He said, really? I said, yes. He said, all right. I want you to give. I want you. He said, turn to your left. I turned to my left. Yes. 
Um, my left, yes. Because the guy was there. And I said, you see that guy standing there? The car he's driving is rickety. And you know that every time he's coming to church, he's always breaking down. And he's standing beside you. You have three cars. I want you to give him your car. Standing there, I heard it. So you stop driving that rickety car. He's a pastor like you. I said, what did you say? The moment he said car, I said, all right, I know the one to give. The smallest, it's okay. It's okay for him. And God said, I didn't say a car. I said, your only precious, most important car. <laughs> and you know, I'm a, I'm a typical Igbo man, for those who don't know. Igbo men have one car. <laughs> that they only take to church. <laughs> they don't take it to work. <laughs> that one is in the, it's only in the garage in the house. It's for church and special functions. My father used to have something like that. It was so special to him, nobody could warm the car. Drivers don't warm it. From his room upstairs, he would press a button. In those days, when, when that button was raining, the car would start. In the morning, he would, Piam! the car would start. After 10 minutes, he would turn it off by himself. The car has warmed. Because nobody, how dare you? He's parked in a garage under his, near, his, near the master's bedroom. So God said, that one is the one I want you to give him. It was an R350 Benz. It was about the only, there were like two or three of them in Abuja then. R350, white, beautiful. Beautiful, excellent car, sweet. I said, give him that one. I was like, ah. But Father, this man might not be able to maintain this car. The light is 300,000. <laughs> Let me give him the other one now. He can maintain that one. It's Camry. He said, that's your only beloved, the beautiful, that one give it to him. If you say you love me, give him that one. So I also did my spirit and then I resolved there to give him. I came back, I told my wife, this is what the Lord said. He said, well, if God says you should give, give now. So so to cut the long story short, I gave him that car and I suffered after the after all. Because it was a big car. You know, it could carry everybody to church and bring them back. So we had to start squashing in our small car. The whole family it was a difficult time for me. I kept, and, then it, and then the worst part is that the person would not drive it to church too. So here I am with my small car now, squashing everyone inside. He's driving my big car. And when I park, he will not park beside me. <laughs> park beside me. He didn't ask me for it. When I gave it to him, I wasn't around. They sent it to him. He thanked me. But after that, he didn't even mention it again. It's not like he respected me more. I didn't even demand it of him. I was seeing him every day. He just enjoyed himself. Me, I suffered myself. <laughs> but it's the cost of the sacrifice. In my entire work as a, as a minister, I've given three cars to God's work. By the grace of God, it's humbled me. And there were things that cost me a lot at that time. If God tells me that it's important and he wants to demonstrate, he wants me to demonstrate my love for him, done. No argument. Because I understand that Heaven answers to the highest bidder. That principle still goes on. So when God begins to demand things of you, he's only demanding it because he too did something for you that cost him everything. Don't treat God like your houseboy. Some of us think that God is our ATM machine. Bless me, bless me, bless me. No. 
He demands a lot from you. Your time. He demands your purity. Your oh my God, you dragged that back home. Pastor, you hear me? God demands that you hold your body pure. He says, don't you know that your body is my temple and I live inside you? How can you carry your body that is your temple? I'm going to join to a prostitute. So are you going to share me with that woman? Share me with that lady? Share me with that boyfriend? Share me with that allergy? It's an insult to me. You're insulting me. Don't you know that you are carrying me? Is it too much to ask that you leave yourself for me? Me and me alone. Not to share me with Allah Jesus. It's painful to leave your body for yourself and God. I'm not saying it's easy. There are easier things you can do. There are easier people. Just, just bow. That's small time. Just succumb. Let him take care of you. It's easier. But to say no, when everybody's doing it, it's difficult. It's difficult. But God demands that from you. I'm going through all of this using examples I can think of so you can relate to the highest sacrifice. It's beyond money. It's beyond time. It's, be, it's your whole life. Am I talking to somebody? It's our communion service today. And today, we want to offer God the highest sacrifice. Offer God the highest sacrifice. I want to give you the highest sacrifice. That that costs me everything. In every part of my life, in my finances, in my ministry, is my marriage. That that costs me everything. If it's not expensive and not costly, keep it to yourself. A woman came one day, Jesus was in, the, in the Simon the leper's house. A woman came with an alabaster box that was three. Sorry. That cost three months salary. One month's three months wage. Huh? One year. Sorry. One year. One year salary. And she took it. And she broke it at Jesus' feet. Costly, expensive perfume. And everybody was saying, eh, what's that? How can you go and waste it? How can you do that? Huh? When this thing could have fed the poor. Judas, the criminal, who was holding the purse, was complaining the most. And Jesus said, leave, leave your, shut up. This woman knows where I'm going to. And she has given me the most. She has given me the highest sacrifice. Sniffer, that they will continue to talk about her for the rest of eternity because her sacrifice has opened the heavens and she has entered the annals of the, of the Bible. Whenever my name is mentioned, they will mention this woman's name because she gave me the most expensive thing she had. She considered me that important. How important do you take God? How important do you take? Do you come to church because of your pastor? Some of us came to church today because I called you yesterday. If that's why you're here, you came to hear this. If you're coming here because of me, you're wasting your time. I don't do this because of you. I do it because I have an assignment from God. How costly is your sacrifice? How costly is your sacrifice? Do you have your communion emblems? Let's rise to our feet. Let me send the pastors. So somebody go distribute in case you don't have. Please rise to your feet. If you don't have, just lift your hands up. Pastors will come and share with you. Pastors, please stay with me. You're good. Can I get some mics? I want you all to pray. Can I get the mics? Can I get the mics? Can I get the mics for the pastors?
softly, softly. Pastor Chinedu Unwosu of the Bree Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at the Nafield Arcade and Water Park, Vuse Zone 7, and midweek services at the Chiratin Hotel, number 30 Sokode Crescent, Vuse Zone 5. God bless you.